This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, strength, and hope. Tonight, I bring you episode 23, Free Falling. Before we begin tonight's episode, I do want to offer my usual reminders. The first is that this is not an AA meeting, nor is it meant to sit in place of an AA meeting. Rather, it is a candle in the darkness if you're alone, if you're suffering, or if you're together to supplement your program, your spiritual program, your recovery program, your 12-step program. I encourage everyone to be a part of a 12-step program, to work that program, attend meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps with a sponsor, and then when you're ready to sponsor other men or women in your program. That is the divine spark. But this is not meant to sit in place of any of those things. It's meant to be an adjunct or a supplement. Second of all, I'm not a mental health professional and I am not trained in mental health or in healthcare. I am a professional and I do deal with crisis on a regular basis, but um, by all means, I strongly encourage anyone who is sick, suffering, soul sick, ang- anxious to reach out to a mental health professional and have such a coach or spiritual guide in your life. Um, whether it's religious or not, I think that that is a huge asset to living your best life and also to having a life worth celebrating. Um, third, I will never seek or accept remuneration for this podcast. It is my form of service, something that I offer to the community in an effort to just really to help keep me sober and help me find spiritual light and serenity. And and this is how I do that. But I will not accept advertising advertisements. I will not solicit or accept donations. Um, this is a this is free to all in all senses of the word. And finally, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Uh, please preserve my anonymity um, and please preserve yours and protect it. And I promise that I will do everything in my power to protect everyone's anonymity who reaches out to me um, and everyone who I interface with. In that regard, I am pleased to announce the um, that I have not only my Instagram site at Extravagant Promises Podcast, where you can DM me or comment on photos or uploads that I put there. Um, I also have now um, information or in creation under construction <laughs> is the www.extravagantpromisespodcast.com. So I'm pretty excited about that to have a website that's going up. And with that in mind, you can reach me at um, Gregory B. That's the letter B, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y, B, um, at extravagantpromisespodcast.com. So uh, with that said, on with the show. English Cocker, Old and Blind. 
with what painful deliberation he comes down the stair. At the edge of each step, one paw suspended in air and distrust. Does he thus stand on a final edge of the world? Sometimes he stands thus and will not budge. With a choking soft whisper, while monstrous blackness is whirled inside his head and outside, too, the world, whirling in blind vertigo. But if your hand merely touches his head, old faith comes flooding back, and the paw descends. His trust is infinite in you, who are, in his eternal night, only a frail scent subject to the whim of wind, or only a hand held close to him, with a dog biscuit, or in a sudden burst of temper, that force that jerks that goddamn accursed little brute off your bed. But remember how you last saw him hesitate in his whirling dark, one paw suspended above the abyss at the edge of the stair. And remember that musical whimper, and how then aware of a sudden sweet heart stab you knew in him the kinship of all flesh defined by a halting paradigm. That's Robert Penn Warren, English cocker, old and blind. And I wanted to start with that because I did want to get back to some poetry and some readings in the podcast. I know some of you guys have really uh, uh, missed that, and I have too. But also, it just really, it, it struck me. I'm, I'm, I'm in a really cool place in my life, finally. And there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, but I have, in recent days, enjoyed a sense of serenity and joy and happiness that, on a sustained level that I've never had before in my entire life. And it's because I won't get into details because I don't want to share beyond what's appropriate for this podcast, but also I don't want to step on the anonymity of anyone else or myself but for the past well to be honest with you for the past 30 years um, closer to 35 there's been very little I've enjoyed a remarkable life and done remarkable and extraordinary things I believe um, but I've been I've been unusually maybe not so unusually, but I've been profoundly unhappy. And one of the things about that was a lack of ownership and responsibility over and autonomy over anything in my life, including my own body, including my soul, including my marriage, my intimate relationships, anything. And in my professional slash business life, um, that has been the case for ever since I started my own business. Um, even though I own 100% of it, I've never really owned it. I've never really been the master of my own destiny. I've never been the captain of my ship. There's always been something, uh, debt, uh, you know, I don't know, I can go into detail, but there's just been something, you know, that's there. And, and, um, and, you know, it's all kind of in a good way, kind of coming apart at the seams. I'm finally, I've kind of finally had enough and I've kindly, I finally have had the courage and the serenity and the sobriety to say, fuck it. Um, one way or the other, I'm going to be free of the yoke of indentured servitude. I'm going to be free of the lash of my quote, silent partner. 
um, you know, and I'm done. I'm done. And I'm getting ready to take a sabbatical or leave of absence for several months. Um, and I won't get into all the detail about that, but I just, I really am just, I'm so relieved finally to own myself. You know, I've taught, I've shared a little bit about when I got a sizable tattoo on my leg in tribute to my dead best friend that had a lot of cool imagery and things like that. And the abuse that I, that was heaped upon me by my ex-wife just was just unprecedented. It, it not, it didn't get to the point of being physically struck, but, um, just, I, I, you know, and, and, and it, the reason that I'm thinking about it is I'm thinking about how, how men and women out there, when you ask yourself, like, do you really own your own body? You know, like, are you allowed to do things with your own body? I'm not talking about illegal things. I'm not talking about unethical things. I'm not talking about immoral things. I'm talking about, can you do with your body what you want to do? And with what I went through, the answer was absolutely not. And that was six years ago. Um, and it preceded, you know, uh, my separation and ultimate divorce. And, you know, I'm finally just shedding that skin of servitude of abuse and I am finally just kind of like I don't give a shit you can run me in the ground you can whatever happens I don't care I am free even if it's just like the short happy life of Francis McCumber only a few seconds maybe I'll be gone maybe I'll die maybe whatever maybe I'll go go under but I don't care I am finally free um, I just have such lightness in my heart today and I want to share that and I want to talk about that journey and what importance that is for recovery. So that poem really just, I love that because I think about a dog and I think about, I think about true love that animals have and that we feel or you should feel towards dogs and, and just that, that, that sense of trust and that is just a beautiful poem. So from Touchstones for today. Some of us, observing that ideals are rarely achieved, proceed to the error of considering them worthless. Such an error is greatly harmful. True north cannot be reached either, since it is an abstraction. But it is of enormous importance, as all the world's travelers can attest. Steve Allen how many of us, seeing others who failed to live fully by their ideals, cried, hypocrite? Perhaps we even pointed to others' shortcomings to excuse our own. Now, in this program, we may be tempted to swing like a pendulum to the other extreme. We may hold to our values and principles so tightly that we are perfectionistic. The idea that true north cannot ever be achieved is very useful. If we don't achieve true north, even though we establish it as our standard, we will generally be headed in the right direction. Although we never perfectly achieve our ideals, they remain our standards today for orienting our lives. God, I do accept standards for my life. I will not beat on myself for my imperfections. Amen. So... 
you know, that's just a great concept of like holding true to those ideals. And, and you think about it, it's, it's you, each of you and, and I, you know, we have a moral compass inside us. We have a fundamental character compass. And, you know, unless I, it's, it's, it's very strange because things have happened to me that I knew were wrong when they happened. And I've always known them. I've kept some, I've kept to myself or buried, but others, it's like, you just, you know, it's just like a, an evil festering pus dripping sore inside you that you knew it was wrong. And you just can't live with it. Either it was done to you or you did it, whatever. But no amount of, of sociopathic rationalization or people talk saying things like, oh, it's no big deal, get over it, this kind of thing. That that just doesn't work. Um, you have that. And so, you know, what's been really remarkable for me in recovery and why I'm getting to this place of just fearlessness, of true fearlessness is it's kind of like I, I do the next right thing. I've lived a number of years in perfect, continuous, unbroken sobriety. I do the next right thing. I do not lie. I do not um, break the law. I'm thoughtful. You know, it's like I go to sleep early. You know, those kind of things. I mean, the worst thing I might do is eat ice cream late at night. You know, I'm not I'm not waking up at two in the morning going, holy moly, who did I text? What, 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 you know, I mean, think about all those things. What did I do? Who did I say it to? What, you know, uh, who did I hit? Who did, who hit me? What, whatever. All those, you know, where did I drive drunk? Did I get arrested? Um, and when you string together that many days of right living and right action, your brain follows, you know, um, that's just, it's just an incredible feeling. And so, you know, you can hold to those ideals. And then as you start to work your program, you start to work with your therapist and, or your guru or your spiritual advisor, your mentor, whatever, whatever, hey, fly your flag. Freaky flag or not, fly it. I got a freak flag and I fly it and I'm so happy about it. So it's like, you know, just just kind of doing the work, doing the therapy, doing the program, walking the steps, um, working the steps. And then you suddenly start to have that autonomy and that responsibility and that sense of ownership over yourself. And the next thing you know is you're fearless. You know, it's just, it's just beautiful. Um, that's where I am today. When I finally, this past weekend, I had a situation where the light came on, some confluence of interests came to me where I had an opportunity and, you know, some good things and some really bad things. But the idea was that it came together. So that I was like, I am done. I am firing that bad boss. I am breaking up with that horrible boyfriend, girlfriend, other, whatever you want to call it. I'm quitting that shitty job. I'm doing whatever it is that takes courage to say, I'm done with you. You don't like it? Go fuck yourself. And I know that's very aggressive and unserene, but that's how I felt. It was like, go fuck yourself. You don't, you don't, you don't, you know, I'm, I'm here to work this out. I want to try to take care of my obligations and whatever, but if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. I'm, I'm done. 
you know, I'm not going to be kicked anymore. I'm getting up. I'm walking off the field. And it is so liberating and empowering and beautiful. I got to tell you, it feels so good. And, you know, I love my, my profession. I love my business. I love my job. I love the people I work with. I love my life, you know, but there were aspects of it that where it wasn't mine. And this week it became mine. I mean, I don't know how, you know, it's going to be long and hard and there are certain things that I got to go through, but, you know, it's mine. So um, taking ownership is so important. So I'd like to give a couple more quotes here and I think this this helps bring it together of where where I'm at and and you know the journey the journey that loss and suffering are not you know the it's interesting it's it's that until you've suffered and seen the light you can't understand this but and I and, and on one hand you don't want anyone ever to understand it but on the other hand, you kind of feel like, thank you. I'm grateful for my suffering. I'm worthy of my suffering. But let me uh, read some of this. This is from Leo Tolstoy. A man who does not understand the benefit of suffering does not live a clever, excuse me, a clever and true life. And then F. Robert de Lamennais said mankind has a never has never achieved greatness but through suffering tolstoy goes on to say without suffering spiritual growth cannot happen suffering often accompanies death but suffering is also a useful beneficial condition of life it is said that god loves those who experience suffering <clears throat> think about that one and then Anatoly France said, Religion gives a person the understanding of the meaning of his existence and his destination. And this book that I'm reading, it closes with Tolstoy on this passage saying, A person who lives a spiritual life cannot help but see that suffering brings him closer to God. Seen in this light, suffering loses its bitter shade, excuse me, its bitter side, and becomes bliss. Wow. So what's your bliss? You know, um, you, may, you may recall that the great philosopher um, Joseph Campbell had a phrase that he said, follow your bliss. And it, it, it was interesting because it's such a bumper sticker, coffee cup nonsense, follow your bliss, you know, just hedonistic selfish um, narcissism and he actually reflected on that that he he felt that people had just completely missed the point um, of what he was teaching this follow your bliss like yeah if it feels good do it if it tastes good eat it you know that kind of thing <laughs> you know and um, you think about if you put that those words into what Tolstoy is saying here if you took Campbell and you took Tolstoy and their phrases and they had a baby and they said follow your suffering you know your bliss is your suffering your suffering is your bliss um you know the the, the folks with the peace frog sticker and the life is good t-shirt and the you know the cute you know 
Lululemon phrases might might have a second thought about that. Whoa, wait a second. I don't have a second thought about that. I know exactly what he means because I've been there. Maybe not as bad as some, maybe a lot worse than others, but I've been in my own hell. I've been in my own brand of poison and my own brand of, of just despair, black care, you know. Um, and I wouldn't change it for anything because it was through that loss, through that suffering that I went on a journey to a place I could never be um, without it. And now I'm there. And you're going to go on it. You're going to open it. You know, I told my, my daughters, I said, you know, one door closes, another opens. It is always like that. Just remember that. And it's so cool. You know, um, I was, you know, in some ways it's like being a mama's boy or something. But if mama beat the shit out of you, maybe you, you wouldn't use that phrase, you know. It's like, oh, you know, daddy's girl, but daddy, daddy smacked you and hit you with a wrench. People wouldn't be like, oh, you're spoiled. No, they'd be like, shit, that's abuse. Uh, be careful in the monikers. Be careful in your judgment and your words and your hyperbole and your invective. Be careful in your self-talk, you know. But the key here is to, is to take true ownership of your life. It's not just about living your authentic life. I mean, that's, wasn't that like 2014 or 2016, you know, your, your best, most genuine, authentic life, whatever. I mean, I get it. Thanks, you know, but that's not, you know, follow your bliss, you know, like be imperfect, whatever. I mean, just, just sometimes phrases just, you know, they sugarcoat or saccharine sweet the, the, the truth. But the point being that like ownership responsibility, accountability, not being like be an adult more just being like take, there are certain things that are only yours. You know, your sobriety is yours. No one gets you drunk. No one gets you sober. Own it, own it and guard it with your life. Because if you lose it, you lose your life. And you take it, you just love it adore it and then think about the other things in your life that need to be owned and possessed and just held on to lovingly with adoration and 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 jealous jealously guarded you know your physical body your smile your heart your integrity you know, think about that, your joy, your integrity. Those are yours. What you put on due to your body, how you use it, that's yours. No one else, no one else owns you. And when you finally take that and you're like, it's mine, make a list. No less than three things, no more than six, let's say of the things that you 
own, that you guard with your life, that you love with all your soul, and that you must absolutely own with no, there's no line of credit encumbering it. There's no deed of trust. There's no lend-lease program to someone else. It's yours. What are those things? Well, I can tell you, if there's anything, if you put sobriety second to anything, it'll come, it'll, it'll be the, it'll be the, um, whatever you put above your sobriety will be the second thing that you lose. And I'll explain that. I mean, meaning first you're going to lose your sobriety, then you're going to lose everything else. So if you say, well, you know, my car is above my sobriety. Okay, cool. You're going to get drunk. You're going to lose your car. Put your sobriety first. It's yours. It ain't your mom's, it ain't your dad's, it ain't your therapist, it ain't your best friend who got you. So, no, uh, 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 uh. it's yours. Your integrity, your joy, your heart, your physical body, yours, nobody else's. And when you finally hear these words from me, you just, it, when it sinks in and you, you know, that's why I call this episode free falling, not free falling, free falling, falling into joy, falling into bliss, falling into suffering, following your suffering, following your bliss, loving your life. It is yours. If we were painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, thank you for letting me finally fall free of my bondage, of my servitude, of my abusers, of my abuse. Thank you for my suffering. Thank you for my bliss. Thank you for giving me autonomy and responsibility and, and, and love of my sobriety, of my physical body, of my integrity, and of my joy. Amen.